When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Luminaries with David Odyssey. Welcome to part two of the 100th episode celebration. I am so glad you are here. For this one, I have recruited our beloved Kiko Soiree to read my tarot, read me, and give some insight on moving on, metamorphosis, Sag and Scorpio season, and everything else. Thanks for listening. Mwah. Kiss, kiss, kiss. It is the 100th episode of Luminaries and the celebration uh, or what have you continues. And this time I I am welcoming on one, two, three, four time returning guest, an MVP um, whom I love very, very much uh, to, to give me some insight uh, through their own synthesized wisdom and through um, the resources of the tarot. Kiko Soiree, uh, thank you so much for being here. Four-time award-winning guest friend and confidant reporting for duty on the 100th episode of The Luminaries. I, here I, I am. can't believe we made it. I know. <laughs> here I am. What's up, David? Well, I guess there's a lot that I I know that I can turn to you for advice for because the reason I think I, I seek you out, Kiko, is this. For some reason, I think you'll understand this. Sorry, this is a lot of preamble. I love I feel preamble. Like the, okay, there's a huge <laughs> overture little show. I just feel like... This is a culmination moment. You know, there's a lot coming together and I feel like a lot of things are starting to fire off and I feel myself being kind of buoyed to maybe higher visibility or uh, fulfillment in what I do. And with that, there has been profound shame, profound pushback and blowback, a deep sense of like, um, wanting to just disappear and not really believing. And just this sense of, you know, something I've carried with me my whole life, which is like, once something starts going, it gets bigger. And when it gets bigger, I become visible. And once I become visible, I just want to burn the whole thing down because it feels dangerous or like I'm losing control. And I guess I'm I'm turning to you for insight with with how to cross this threshold. Okay, stakes are low. Casual. <laughs> stakes are actually really casual. <laughs> Just well, kind of wanted to do a check in for one hundredth episode. Nothing serious. Well, I think it's. I think it's really cosmic. Just to catch up um, all of our listeners out there, David and I are kind of coming off the heels of an amazing live show that we did towards the end of October, Mystique. It was at the um, Halloween week. We put on a very fun show and it was 
loosely and also very intentionally Scorpio themed, Mm -hmm. including many of our favorite icons, narrative stories, and of course, guests. And I can't help but think that the moment we're in right now is another sort of cosmic marker. Then we were transitioning into Scorpio season and now we are transitioning into Sagittarius season. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Astrologer. You're right, right. Yep. And just from my, through my lens and how I've kind of lived and experienced this season, actually having both the Scorpio and Sagittarius signs in my um, triumvirate portrait, Scorpio rising, moon and Sagittarius. Mm. I always view this time as kind of like, yeah, when you go into Scorpio season, the cosmos is asking you to confront the truth that you discover from burning everything away that is false. You come to your own inner truth. Scorpio kind of puts you through the ringer and, and it's a little bit of pain is good, baby. And pain is fun. Yeah. You know, yeah. Not pain is, it's important for you to figure out what your own truth is. That's kind of the Scorpio thing, right? Do you have more to add about Scorpio season in a nutshell? You're nailing it. Yeah, you're nailing it. (laughs) It's the resurrection. It's the phoenix. You know, it's the Slytherin. It's it's the what are you willing to die for and rise for, right? Yeah. And then we get into Scorpio. Sagittarius season which is a fire sign and it's just like I'm back but also I have a newfound truth and I'm ready to just let it rip and in a in a different way from Leo my son not Mm. I'm I'm gonna let it rip look at me but more wow, I just went through a crazy sort of cleansing experience and I know my truth and I'm just going to carry that exuberance and joy in this newfound being of who I am. And I'm going to, anyone who wants to listen, anyone, everything I go to, I'm just going to live in this little fire that I have inside me. That's how I think of Sagittarius season. And also, you know, lines up in the Western cultures with the holidays coming and you know, a little bit festive and some parties. And that's what Sagittarius is on paper, right? They always say Sagittarius folks are the party people, socially dominant. Uh, 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 What does Chani say typically in the book? Like a buoyant and jubilant kind of attitude. Yeah. Yeah. A buoyant nature. And I think that buoyancy comes from a deep found recognition of the process of Scorpio right? We can only know about the sign we're currently in by looking what came before and what comes next. Very good. That's me blowing my fingers for everyone who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that's kind of my, that's kind of my take. I love, I love, I love Sagittarius season. I think it's fun. I think you've gone through, you know, observing you, I think over the past few months, you've definitely gone through a shedding. And I think, you know, I see you, um, I I perceive maybe I'm wrong, but I do see you look lighter. You look, um, you look a a little bit unburdened and you look a little gooped. 
Um, <laughs> I'm gooped. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow gooped. <laughs> I feel gooped. Well, should I talk about me? Yes, by all means. Oh gosh, should I talk? If about you'd me? like, whatever you'd like to share. No, I think you're. I think you're right. Personally, I have gone through. Uh, I've definitely felt the Scorpio season, and everything has just lined up very cosmically, like. Mm. To the point I was like, whoa, that's very strange. I really have been feeling the, been very connected to the cosmic happenings, but also, you know, carrying in my other, you know, a stone in the pocket that says, you know, everything is also free will too. It's been really cool to carry both points of view. I think at this point in my life, so maturely, you know, knowing that it's not one or the other, it's not just, oh, I decide my life and I'm in control of everything, or, oh, no, I'm looking for an answer. It's outside me, and it's in the cards, or it's in the stars, and it's not one or the other. Yeah, but when you, can, moon. when you can kind of, like, take in both, it's very cool. And, you know, and literally on paper, I quit a job I didn't like very much, but served me well for the time I was in for various um, reasons and karmic lessons. And then now I'm in a new job where I'm kind of in shock that I can finally let go of narratives surrounding work and working relationships and just kind of how I show up. And I'm kind of being tasked, tasked, tasked to, <laughs> ta- ta- yeah, I mean, tasked to, <laughs> I am being tasked to live out um, kind of the ideals I guess I have about life um, in this in this new job which is really exciting because I feel like the people are actually um, good-hearted and well-intentioned and, and also um, excited to work mm-hmm. oh I'm a hallmark card I'm a Sag moon what can I say <laughs> Sag Moon, what can I say? Okay, tell the people about a Sag Moon, David. A Sag Moon, I think, needs to know that there's more and needs to know that there's a deeper meaning. So a Sag Moon, I don't think it's necessarily the uh, total mania of like your typical Sag, like a Sag Sun. I think a Sag Moon, and you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I, uh, Dexter, who's been on this podcast a lot, says, Dexter has a Sag Moon, and Dexter always says, I don't need to go anywhere right now, but I do need to know that a, a flight is booked. And I think there's this idea with the Sag Moon of, there always just needs to be a portal open for more discovery. Yes. And there always needs to be a portal open to imbue even the most mundane aspect of life with meaning. And if that's not an option, that's when things go wrong. And that doesn't mean that you have to live as an academic. You can have a completely boring life, but it does have to have some meaning or some ideal that you can be discovering or understanding or learning about. Right. That's ex- Yes. I think about my Sag Moon in that even in my day-to-day I mean, a moon is kind of like how you are balancing your emotional life on a day-to-day basis or considering that. And for me, there always has to be a little sense of wonder, Uh, you know, taking, taking the sunset every day, taking the sunrise every day, Mm. you know, 
have a little bit of adventure. I was, so we had um, some, my partner's family was visiting this past weekend. And so we set up shop in our other spare room on the air mattress, which actually I didn't mind at all because I actually have a weird sort of nostalgia with air mattresses Mm -hmm. and like spare blankets. And then I was going to bed one day and I was thinking, wait, why do I get so excited about an air mattress? And then it's just what you said. It's because when you set up an air mattress, you're either visiting someone or someone's visiting you. And it's like the eternal sleepover has started. You know, Mm. we are we are having a little adventure together and sleepovers are kind of this for me, this childhood thing of like endless possibility. We get to escape our family. We're with friends. You know, we can play video games or cards or just stay up late. And so whenever I'm in an air mattress, that is my connection. And that is totally my set, like one example of a Sag Moon outlet for me. Wow. That's the eternal sleepover. Yeah, I love that. I'll remember that. Yeah. Um, And so I guess for anyone listening, that's kind of the spirit of Sag. Let's get festive, as Mariah Carey would say. You know, it's. In terms of our show that we did, I guess I feel like it was so great and I loved it. I think that my ability to like think about it is a little blunted. And I just had another kind of big moment of visibility where I got um, filmed doing astrology. And I, when it was over, I just kind of turned on myself. And I, I, yesterday I actually had someone ask me like, um, how was your show at the duplex? And I was like, I don't know. And they were like, okay, how was your show at the duplex? And I was like, it went well. People really seemed to love it. The guests had a great time. Kiko was great. We hit our marks. But from my point of view, it's like, I think what I what I had to face with Scorpio is like there's this fire or this like terminator that I feel like follows me and I'm like kind of watching it work again of like taking things from me or like it, it's 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 this like shame response that's taking things from me and I do want to confront it because I kind of think it's now or never I don't think I can run much longer. Mm-hmm. I was reading something interesting about imposter syndrome, which maybe you're kind of circling around. But Mm. the funny thing about imposter syndrome is that we believe, you know, people tell us something, we don't believe it. We don't believe ourselves to be good, but yet we believe ourselves to be bad. I think I'm really paraphrasing this terrible Instagram tile I read from Adam Grant, who I'm obsessed with on Instagram, a psychologist. And a writer, Um, but they're talking about how we're very selective about what we choose to believe. And that's the most ironic thing. Imposter syndrome is like so irrational because if we're really trying to be like critical of ourselves, we ought to take in everyone's input equally. But yet we choose to believe, would not believe what people say and choose to believe like the worst narrative about ourselves. Yeah, and sometimes it's like, full body you know sometimes it's like it doesn't even feel like it's in my head it feels like it's just like in my being and that's what's kind of terrifying you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
but that's that's all part of the same kind of intellectual emotion emotional matrix so it's all connected yeah but and, and now's the time david where you can say yes to the adventure that's that's that that's sagittarius right say yes to the adventure yeah. of life you know we learn from scorpio there will be ups there will be downs but now is the time where we disseminate the fire out into the world sag what's weird is that during virgo season when i wrote the virgo piece i really did get in touch with something which was like actually i'm worth everything the sky's the limit like i could do anything i could be anyone i need to think bigger 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 and like i saw Landis morissette and i saw garbage live and i did that acid wow. and i had this like profound experience where i like I was just like, wow, this is what it is to command real power. And this is kind of what I've always wanted. And I've really like felt that where I've been like, something's changing. And then when I saw Dune, I was like, I really feel this. Like I feel this crossing over like into a higher state. And I think it's like, I've kind of come to like strike that down. And I think with Sag, I need to, Sag to me is very much about like um, going beyond shame and just going beyond. And I right. think I, I, I'm hoping to, to connect with that again. Right. Well, well, I'm really in the land of um, self-help folks today, but to bring it back, I mean, <laughs> to set fire signs, right? Courage, uh, our creativity and expression. And as Brene Brown would say, courage is directly linked to vulnerability. Mm. And vulnerability is, um, I don't know, me quoting some fact right now <laughs> you know you're you're here yeah you're flawed you're living life in the arena you're gonna fail but you know you're you're being honest about yourself and you're showing up and that's what it means to live life in the arena if you want to experience joy and connection and a meaningful life you have to be vulnerable and when you're vulnerable you live life courageously okay <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm on one <laughs> Okay, peppermint tea, at 7.30 at night. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. You just, yeah, you totally are like, you know, hey, take it or leave it. I mean, that's what the I think what's great about the fire signs. They just say, take it or leave it, I'm here. And every yeah. fire sign has a slightly different angle about it. Sagittarius is about, you know, communing with people and gathering people and um, sharing your truth and your joy. Aries is saying like, I'm betting on myself, you know, I'm, I'm inspiring myself, I'm going to just be a pioneer. And Leo is, hey, everyone. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I am it. Like, and I embody it. And I, I inspire it. others to embody it. And yeah. Leo's also so, so much about dignity and like, um, right, self dignity, right. And and generosity. Mm -hmm. so, so that's what the yeah. fire signs bring to us you know they come back and at some, at some point I think what I always say is or what it, it, there have been moments in my life where I say you know what especially when I've been really depressed I say at kind of like the depths of my depression I've always said whatever maybe mm. you'll feel like this forever maybe mm -hmm. you, this will never change and then you have like a little bit of like 
what maybe Caroline Mace would call like grace, a little voice mm. that just gives you a little like a window crack of light that says, and then so what, right? And then so what? I'm here and who cares if no one likes me and who cares if I'm damned? Do you like yourself even a little bit? That's the fire, you know? Caroline Mace is a Sagittarius. Really? And Brene Brown is a Scorpio. <laughs> okay. Okay, we're connected today. We're connected. Wow, she is a Sagittarius, Caroline Mace. Oh, yeah, because Caroline Mace is like, I'm going to yell at you until you I'm get it. Like, and also she's just here to like push it. And she, I think she's in her own way, through her own practice of mysticism, about, you know, in the pursuit of liberation, like things spiritual inner freedom has always has been one of the things I've noticed in her readings for herself and her own life. She's, she has said in countless interviews, I, I just want to be a mystic, you know, like hide in a hole, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, write a book, publicize a book. And then Brene Brown, you and I were talking about the iconic Brene Brown story where when she went on Oprah, Oh, she did her hour long interview with Oprah and Oprah was like, you know what, let's do another hour and Caroline and Brene is like, well, do we need to ask permission? Like, is that okay? And Oprah's like, who do you think I need to ask for permission? Right. <laughs> and it's like, oh, right. Right. Cool. You're and, Oprah. <laughs> and also Brene Brown being a Scorpio. I mean, her whole story in her Netflix special was like, I had this huge transformative experience yeah. And I'm going to quote Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> you know, her her whole thing. Um, I mean, my right. question for you is like, I think what I'm noticing and what Scorpio season is like really helped me bring to the fore is like, I am attracted to people who I admire, who are really powerful and who are really tapped in and authentic. As I get closer to them, they see something in me and they admire me and they express love for me. And then I retreat and I hide or I end the relationship or I kind of put a wall up. And, you know, there's I have a lot of regret there and I understand it's a lot of my abuse history and I'm in recovery dealing with it. But there is this thing I feel like where I get invited to the arena and I either run or I burn the arena down. (laughs) And I kind of, I'm like, where, maybe it is just a matter of courage to deal with that, but it's like, there's, there's something in me that I have to convince, like, you belong here, you know, because there's another part of me that's like, fuck, yes, I belong here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to say, well, this is going to be all pretty out there answer for people who have no religious background but recently i've just been kind of tossing my questions to prayer just Mm -hmm. kind of saying like truly now use whatever titles and names you want but just saying dear god or you know dear universe i don't really know what to do about this i know i don't like the way i'm feeling and i'll admit that and i am cognizant enough to know that the way I acted maybe wasn't super great and I do feel bad about that but I don't really know what to do next so I'm just um praying on it so to speak and then it's really funny if you just kind of 
you know, in your own time, in your own space, sincerely put that out, what comes around? Long story short, I got into a kind of an immature, like, argument with my super. (laughs) Don't ever be in an argument with your super because you do rely on them for your apartment's well-being. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As my partner told me, I got into, like, a pretty immature um, argument with them only because our, our wall was leaking water and I was pretty like flabbergasted about that. And that's like kind of in the, in the book of things in your apartment, something that you is intense. Like you should be calling your super about that. And then, you know, we were having a work day and then like 10 minutes later they called and I picked it up because I thought it was an emergency and they called me to tell me that my laundry was done and that it was, and that people were waiting in the laundry room for me to move my clothes. And I like, <laughs> I did fly off the handle. And I did feel bad about it later. But it's also like, this isn't an emergency. I have water coming down my wall. And also, I know for a fact there are seven open dryers down there. <laughs> they are the shitty ones <laughs> that, no one, that no one likes to use. Maybe we should think about that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I picked the good dryer, but it's just, anyways, I say all this to say that, David, you're great, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes we don't, we don't have to know why we do anything because our brains are small, you know, yeah, we're, we're little lizard things. No, you're right. And not you know, to give you the guidance is... counselor hides high school, like, you're great. <laughs> No, I, I I just started step three, which is um, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of a loving higher power, as okay. we understood higher power. So, you know, what you're saying is true, which is like, I think this thing is bigger than me. This has been my whole life. It's ended a lot of relationships and it's cut off a lot of opportunities. And at some point you have to say, okay, this is bigger than me and I need to send this up. And, you know, as yes. Britney Spears says... <laughs> when Britney Spears, you know, by the way, I've been in therapy for five years and I think therapy is like the best thing anyone could do. But Britney Spears, you know, in her testimony is like, I don't really believe in therapy. I think you should just take it straight up to God. And it's like, well, yeah, because you're Britney Spears. You're like the queen of England. You're literally one one below God. Right. But yeah, take it up to God. You're right. Yeah. In her Instagram live, she says, quote, I am like a really strong person. So I can't imagine if this happened to anyone else after she's been in the conservatorship for 13 years. She's the best. Oh, sorry. To, to finish my thought, I prayed on my super thing because I was like, gosh, oh, you're right. too old to be getting into like, and be an adult. I was like, you know, uh, be, in a, be a fucking adult. That was, you shouldn't have done that. But I'm not going to like go to his door and apologize. It didn't need to be like so dramatic. You know, we're not like a TV special. Yeah. But then he, I was like, you know what, if there's a moment to just kind of mend it when it comes, I will just show up right to it next time. And then when he came, you know, uh, the following, you know, the next business day, to take a look at the wall again, he jokingly said to my partner, oh, is a big guy, is a big guy in? Like, talking <laughs> to me. And I was like, okay, patronizing, but I do deserve it. And I said, thanks Thanks for coming by. You're the best. You are the best. And I just said that a lot. And I said, okay, you know, we're like, uh, you know, turbulent family, 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 you know, like (laughs) whatever. And I was like, you know, yes, it's, 
our base reactions, it's important. If we have the bandwidth to kind of observe them, they can teach us a lot. It's crazy because there's someone in therapy. I was talking to my therapist about someone who really pisses me off and drives me crazy. And this is so like Princess Diaries, but my therapist was like, oh, it sounds like you have feelings for him. And it was like, okay, bitch, because lo and behold, I now I'm like, oh, I do like clearly. Okay, we're in love. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, it's so true. The, the the people who get that kind of like knife turn reaction in your stomach, it's so hard to go from immediately reacting or to the space of just no reaction or to the space of even just like, I'm saying a lot, but I have to just say this to protect my space, my boundaries, but I'm not even trying to hurt you. I'm just saying this for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's so many different stages to it. I'm, yeah, I think, um, I think I should be praying for courage right now because I think like, I think I'm at a crossing point from kind of what you said earlier about like the, the, the crossing point from like things are happening to me and I'm reacting to, I could actually like have some authority and wield power and like make choices and be surrounded by people who also do that and like that does require courage because it means it it means going out of a framework of identification you know right i think brene says something like shame is the feeling of everyone you love like in a room talking shit about you or something like that like that's like the feeling and that's so connected to you know, being vulnerable because you're like, you have to even just play this sick mind game with yourself and say, okay, so what? Okay, so let's pretend everyone I love or I think I trust is in a room talking about me, right? If you can live through that sort of made up scenario, that's, and say, I still will not enter the situation with like, you know, detached and defensive, that's courageous, you know. But just to like work with that, for a sensitive child, mm. what could be more annihilating? I mean, there's many things, but oh, this is a recurring great, nightmare. Yeah, right. I, yeah. Among the great annihilators is that first feeling, and I, I certainly remember it. Of oh, these people don't have my back. Yep. Yep. I mean, th- truly, this was one of my recurring nightmares <laughs> of every everyone in my middle school were playing hide and seek. And then I am the one seeking and I, I can't find anyone. And then I find everyone who I'm playing with, all my, quote, friends in a room. And I opened the door and I was like, hey, how come no one's hiding? And they're just laughing at me like, are you kidding me? Wait, you really thought we were playing hide and seek? You're an idiot. You know? You're a classic uh, middle school drama, <laughs> self-destructive narrative. <laughs> yeah, that it, it it's not easy. I'm not. No one said it was. Uh, no one said confronting your your lifelong fears was easy. And it's crazy too because when I was a child, when I was a child, I would register. I was so sensitive, 
and I would register emotions so immediately, you know, my face would flush red and I would just like cry a lot. And, you know, as you get older, that gets beaten out of you. And I think I'm like way more dissociated from my emotions, but I think when I would feel betrayal from family or whatever, when I was a kid, it was so pure and powerful and just absolutely, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's just, I, I'm, I'm just like remembering that, that feeling and I'm understanding all the ways that I think, oh yeah, of course I protect myself from that, you know, mm -hmm. but and you have to. That feeling of betrayal is so powerful because it actually can work both ways. It can work in the way that you just said, in the way I think we all conventionally understand it, of people, of feeling betrayed. And then Caroline Mace, full circle, talks about how, you know, we can move in two directions in our life. One way where we are um, ignoring our, our spirit and one where we are moving an expansion of our spirit and mm -hmm. the feeling of moving away from our spirit is the feeling of is what you're going to do fundamentally betraying yourself right if you take that job do you feel like you're betraying yourself if you um i don't know mm -hmm. any decision whatever magnitude it is like do you feel like you're fundamentally betraying yourself whether that's your values or I don't know, the intangible thing, your intuition, are you, are you betraying yourself? And I think we start to feel very liberated when regardless of what anyone thinks, we can just go to sleep knowing, yeah, but I didn't betray myself tonight. I don't care. It, it kind of cancels out all these other lesser voices that might kind of peck at you, you know, yeah. the, the little um, voices. It's interesting because this year I've been suffering from like debilitating migraines and fatigue kind of come to a point where I've realized like a lot of times I got those from people pleasing and I know how crazy that sounds. And I'm not saying that all migraines have a psychosomatic point of origin. Sometimes, you know, I'm trying a lot of medical treatment as well, but I've noticed that I think I was living a life where I betrayed myself a lot because I felt obligated and guilty. And that spurred on a lot of my, my relationships and my social life. And the migraines have forced me to cut all of that away. And I've just realized there's another part of me that gets to come out, you know, in this liminal place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other night I went to a sex party and I just had this like, I had this realization where I was like, this is not an emotionally sober place for me. For other people, it might be fine. But for me, this violates my emotional sobriety. And this is as the protector of my inner children, I'm not exposing them to the right circumstances for them to feel safe and loved. And I'm going to get them the hell out of here, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. now I know, but I was betraying myself and now mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. And, and those, and nothing is, is static either. Like, you know, you might revisit that scenario and feel totally different, maybe five or 10 years from now. But right now you recognize that this is not right. 
this is not the right um, environment, I guess, for yeah. your your spirit. And yeah. it, it changes. I think about that a lot with my with my family. I think I don't. Uh, I read something in my chart once that was just like you'll learn the hardest lessons from observing the kind of um, the, the family stage, so to speak. And it, it's very interesting how the things that have happened in my immediate immediate family, they're kind of, you know, they're, they are energetic patterns that um, kind of reverberate out. Oh, that, that's kind of classic uh, ther- psychotherapy, <laughs> but uh, it's true for me. It's very true for me. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Biological karma, as we call it. <laughs> yeah. So tell me how you're feeling about the 100th episode of The Luminaries. This is a pretty big chapter. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, to be honest with you, like, I guess I feel... I'm not someone who can look back on the start of a journey and say, like, look how far I've come. And I'm really not one of those people who's good at posting, like, wow, look at this picture of me from when I was 14. Wasn't I, like, you know, goofy and silly? I'm really not that. And, you know, my Scorpionics register in this, like, we must burn down the past all the time. We must burn it all away. There can be nothing left. This is the only me. This is me as I am. And, you know, even there's been some people who have said to me like, oh, hey, I'm going to start your podcast from the beginning this year. And I've been like, no, don't do that. As if I am, because it's like, well, I don't feel control in control of the person I was when I recorded those earlier episodes, but there's still me. So... I feel a lot of contradiction. I feel a lot of like, this is such an arch, you know, this is exactly what we're talking about is like, I'm really having a hard time accepting how people could see me that's out of my control. Because once you hit 100 episodes, baby, I can't keep track of everything I've said on this fucking podcast. And I've probably changed a lot. And in other ways, I probably haven't changed. And it's, it does present a challenge. Wow, I just did a little bit of a spread for you while you were talking. Are you interested to hear how this reflects? Please tell us. Well, tell me if any of this any of this lands. So kind of at the core, we have the intersection of the tower and the king of pentacles, which is the message I'm getting is, yes, we're at a time in our life where we are tasked, ta- tasked, tasked we are tasked (laughs) it is a stupid word (laughs) we are tasked like the old is being shocked away you know like um the old ideas about yourself the things that are wearing you down you know is the image of the um scholars in the ivory tower right they're being shocked out of their tower but it's actually a good thing because they're being brought back to reality in the reality of the present and it's like everything that is unnecessary is being taken away but the in, the intersectional influence is the king of pentacles which is 
the cosmos is saying it's time for you to release your fears that you will not be able to build something for the long term, whether that be your life, whether that be this podcast, anything in your life, because the king of pentacles is the figure well, the wise sage of the material realm, pentacles, but also depicted with grapes. And grapes are a fruit that require a lot of nurturance and patience to grow. And the king of pentacles is just covered in grapes, in the war, in the wardrobes and vines. And also it's a sign of Taurus. Did you know? On the king of pentacles throne, there is a, a bull. And so it's about sensuality and patience and saying that this king of pentacles has the power and the, um, the patience to see something through all the way to the end without question. So letting go of the narratives that you, that will hold you back from embodying this future. You know, there's two things I want to say with that, which is, first of all, uh, as we learned with Mercedes Kilmer, you know, Uranus is in Taurus and Uranus is represented by the tower. And there is a revolution going on in terms of ownership. You know, there's a reclamation of what it means to own something. And I think all Tauruses, including myself, are going through, what do I have? What do I own that makes me me? And I also think of the King of Pentacles as very like king in disguise. Like he just wants to wander around among his people and and be at peace in his kingdom. And I think there's like a huge feeling of peace with that. So thank you. And abundance. Yeah. Um, God forbid. Coming in in your consciousness gift line is Seven of Wands. Hey, dare to be original, David. <laughs> Dare to stand out. You have the upper hand. You're at the top of the hill. People might give their two cents here and there, but they're not even in the picture. Seven of wands shows a solitary figure on top of a hill with everyone else's wands kind of clamoring for attention. But it's very clear that this figure has the upper hand and two different shoes to kind of underline that they are different and they're making it work. They're different. They're making it work. And they and it's kind of like, Conviction in our originality is what I think of when I see Seven of Wands. Mm, thank you. It's time and, come, and coming up, energy coming up forward is Three of Cups reversed, which to me always says, celebrate the inner joys, little inner joys of life. You know, it's, I mean, Three of Cups upright is the party, you know, coming together a celebration but reverse it's um i read it as little little celebrations on the inside first mm. has a little bit more to do with contentment and peace yeah and i mean and the energy we're coming away from is 10 of 10 of pentacles look at everything that you've built already you've already laid the groundwork for the legacy that you want to uphold for the rest of your life. So it's time to really be content in that and keep the patient farming going. I pulled the 10, 10 of pentacles this morning, actually. Oh, well, there you and go. I just, yeah. I thought there's so much magic around, you know, the traditional term for that card is Lord of wealth. Hmm. 
And, and it's, it's that, it's that old figure kind of looking at the different generations and seeing everything that they have built and knowing that we build our legacy, not in a vacuum. It takes, it takes not just, it takes time and it takes, uh, and you, and you, and you build wealth by thinking about what it is that you want to leave behind. Yeah. Kind of very interesting if you think about Um, it. Kiko, where where can people follow you? If who could be listening to this who doesn't follow you, but where could anyone follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at Kiko Soiree, K-I-K-O Soiree, like the French word for uh, evening light party. Mm. And um, you know what I want to ask people, you know, to sound off on in the comments to maybe this post is, what did you think of the movie Cruella? Did you think it was overhyped, <laughs> underhyped, more entertaining than you thought? So, you know, someone said, oh, you like Devil Wears Prada? You'll like Cruella. And I said, mm, I'll be the oh, judge of that. <laughs> yeah, I do not care for that. I do not care. When people tried that, when the Twilight books were a thing, where they were like, well, you like Buffy, you'll like Twilight. And I was like, wait a minute. We're talking about different, we're talking about different echelons here. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Let's make some choices. Yeah, people, let uh, let Kiko know your thoughts on on Cruella. Shout out to Kiko about Cruella. Yeah, I want to I want to see you sound off in the comments. You know, were you a Cruella fan? Was, you know, did you not mind it? Overrated, underrated. And do you have any last? You know, you've I feel so healed after talking to you, and I'm wondering if you have any like parting blessings or thoughts. Um, that that you'd like to share i think that part of the thrill of being in a fire uh sign season is always staying open to surprise Mm. whether from yourself or from other people Mm. because that's what that's that's fire, baby. It catches. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, you being <laughs> profound. <laughs> I mean it. I think it's fun. I mean, that's, that's, this, it's Sagittarius. Yeah, it doesn't have to always be happy-go-lucky, but keep, you know, let yourself be surprised. Thank you for being here, Kiko. Um, I couldn't have done this without you, and I love you very much. Thank you for this. Thank you, David. I love you, and happy 100th episode. Thanks for making it with me to episode 100, baby. We're cooking the next 100, and I hope you'll stick around. Have a fantastic Thanksgiving, and see you on the other side. You know where to find me, davidodyssey.com, david underscore odyssey on Instagram, private readings, group courses, etc., etc. See you there. Love ya. Why, 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 why? <laughs>